The case you're about to hear contains mentions of suicide and mental illness. Listener discretion is advised. A journey, a belief, and an awakening. Today, we discuss 39 individuals and what led them to commit one of their worst sins. Hey, have you heard about Heaven's Gate? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Hey, Have You Heard About? I am your host, Maddie, and joining me today is my friend, Willow. Hi, I'm Willow. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Starting off great. Starting off great. Um, Willow, I have built up this episode for a few months, I think. Mm-hmm. Are you excited to hear the story? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like you're going to elicit a lot of emotions from me. We'll see. We'll, we'll hopefully. We'll see <laughs> how it goes. Okay. But as always, um, we're going to start off with a really happy story. Um, I like to do this just because, you know, as I always say, like, the world is not always a terrible place. It's also a really great place sometimes. Yeah. And it's important to acknowledge that. So today's story is uh, from Good News Network, as always. Um, and it is titled, Unnamed Good Samaritan Pays for Hotel Rooms to House 70 Homeless People During Polar Vortex. Oh, I don't know what Polar Vortex is, but, like, that's nice. (laughs) So, uh, the Midwest right now is going through a really cold few days. That's what the Polar Vortex is. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah, so up in Chicago, um, there was, like, a bunch of stuff that went out particularly for like homeless people and they were like hey um you might want to seek shelter because like it's gonna get really cold right it's gonna get super cold and uh so a lot of them did a lot of them went to um different shelters and things like that but there was a group of 70 homeless who refused to go to shelters um which i mean they can do that obviously they couldn't force them to go but they decided that they were going to stay um stay on the south side and so everyone were like you know how how are you gonna stay warm whatever like blah blah Mm -hmm. blah blah. well um they found out how uh when i think it was this past wednesday i believe um a few there was a propane tank explosion in that area oh yeah, and firefighters went to the scene, and they discovered that the community of homeless people had up to 100 prop- propane tanks, um, and that was how they were keeping warm. That's dangerous. Yes, very dangerous. Um, so, obviously, that wasn't good. Um, <laughs> it was labeled a level one hazmat alert because of hazardous materials, obviously. So, like... They had to basically tell all the homeless people, now you you can't stay here. Like, you you have to leave, you know? So, um, basically, so there was a quote in the article from Chief Fire Chief Walter Schroeder, and he said it was like a bomb was going to go off, like, talking about the potential of, like, the propane well, tanks. That's essentially what it was, yeah. Yeah, that was just one, and it caught, like, pretty much all of their tents on fire, I think, that they were living in. So it was just, like, really bad stuff. Yeah. Um, 
so they pretty much or they not pretty much they did the fire department confiscated all of their tanks leaving a lot of them without any source of heating in negative 20 degree weather Uh, so it was like super cold yeah so that's when they were like you guys have to go to the salvation army we cannot like morally let you guys stay out in the cold where you could potentially die not potentially could die will die so they were gonna send them all to the salvation army but out of nowhere this like good samaritan literally like no one knows who he is this person or she or they whoever um just basically paid for all of the homeless people to spend the night in this little hotel until the week ended and the temperatures were supposed to go back up Mm, that's lovely i know i love people like that that's just like a good happy uh feeling for sure we definitely need more people like that yeah for sure i think like especially with in the winter and when we've got crazy natural mother nature things happening like Mm -hmm. that the polar vortex it's good to have somebody who is um not doing it for recognition just doing it for the good of their heart i think that's really good okay that's enough of good news good news is done now here we go launching into the meat of the story Willow, there's a drink that we all love, and we all had it as children. It's really good drink, and mm. I have a little packet right here of it. Can you can you read that out for our um? Mm. <laughs> this is Kool Aid. This is Kool Aid. I, I have a question actually. Were you the type to put extra sugar in your Kool Aid? Oh, absolutely. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, I was going to make some of that for us to drink while we were talking, but mm. uh, the, I accidentally got the the gallon, no, not the gallon, the quart kind, uh-huh. so it wasn't going to oh. fit in our tiny little, well, little cups. Mm, well, this one's grape, so it's it okay. It is grape. <laughs> I'm sorry. We didn't it's have fine. any others. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's Kool-Aid. It's good. It's good. It's a good drink. It's a good I drink. Um, there's a saying, though, that you probably shouldn't drink the Kool-Aid. Oh... Hey, hey, uh, uh, Willow, have you heard about Heaven's Gate? Uh, no. No. I don't think so. Ooh, interesting. Okay, so this has been a really interesting topic for me to research, because, like, either people really know Heaven's Gate, or they don't know about them at all. Like, there's no in-between. Like, there's no people that are like, "Eh, I think I might have heard them recently. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. There's, like... Either you have, like, you know them or you don't. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and honestly, they're a really interesting group. They are a cult, which is why I have the Kool-Aid. Yeah. That was my segue. Um, so we're going to talk about Heaven's Gate today. And also, I managed to get an interview with one of the members of Heaven's Gate. So they're around. Uh, somewhat. Okay. Somewhat. So... That'll probably be towards the end of the episode, so stick around for that. Um, But yeah, so here we go. So before we talk about Heaven's Gate as a group, we're going to talk about the founders of Heaven's Gate. And there are two founders um, of the cult. One is called, he's a big one. He's the one everyone talks about. His name is Marshall Applewhite. And Hmm. he was born in 1932. He grew up in Texas, where he focused on music. He actually taught music at the University of Alabama. Oh, wow. So, so just close. down the road. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he, I mean, he was, he was particularly 
you know, active in the South during um, the 60s and 70s, just sort of moving around to different states, moving, trying to, uh, you know, get a solid job. He was going through some tough times. Um, he was married to a lovely woman. They did have children. Okay. He left them. Oh, that's... Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that, was a, that was a thing that he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he left them behind i believe it was in alabama when he was working for the university and he went back to texas where he was born um so during that time period like when he was moving around a lot he started to suffer from really um severe depression uh mainly brought on by the fact that he some people say he was like bisexual but most people say that he was gay and you know at the time that was a big, big no-no. No, no, yeah. no, big no-no. Um, so he was, like, going through a tough time where he was just like, God, like, this is terrible. Oh, I forgot to mention, he also went to the seminary. And so he was really familiar with Bible teaching. Mm-hmm. He was, like, super into Christianity. He was a Presbyterian. So, oh, hey, fellow Presbyterian. Hey. <laughs> Good times. Um so, yeah, he, he was, like, going through a lot of things where he was just trying to um, figure out who he was and, like, how he's going to deal with this part of him that he does not want. Right. So, at the time, he met a woman named Bonnie Nettles. And she was um, actually older than him. She was born in 1927. She also grew up in Texas. She also grew up in a very religious household, just like um, Marshall did. And... She worked as a nurse, and not only that, she um, was very interested in mysticism. So, like, she would read tarot cards and palms and, like, you know, very spiritual things. She was also convinced that she could talk to spirits and that they could tell her people's futures. So she was, like, a a medium or something? Yeah. Um, She mainly talked to a spirit she referred to as St. Francis. So Mm. I believe he, I think he's an act saint i believe but she said that she could speak to him and she said that like he could communicate with her and tell her people's futures and like he was the main source of all her information so that's neat yeah it's i don't think that's how that works but that's cool <laughs> i don't think that's how it works. i mean like i guess i thought the ghosts were like attached to something so I guess yeah well she's got something of his i guess saint francis is just an exception in this He's- case i suppose Good old okay. St. Francis. Good old St. Francis. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of was doing the nursing thing, but on the side she made uh, star charts for people like her friends and family and just other people she met. So star charts are like basically you look at the stars based on when you were born mm-hmm. and they can predict the future. Oh, that's cool. So like... A nice Christmas gift. Oh, yeah, for sure. And she... <laughs> Handmade them all in her kitchen with St. Francis. Wow. Yeah, it was great. Good time. Um, unfortunately, her husband wasn't too happy with all of this happening, and oh. he divorced her because she was talking about St. Francis constantly and oh. making star <laughs> charts. Yeah. Mm. Bonnie was uh, quite a character. Her daughter lived with her. Um, through the divorce, the dad got, I think he got custody of the other, her other two children, but her older daughter stayed with her because she was also very interested in that kind of stuff. And 
she said, this is important to what is going to happen in the future of Heaven's Gate. Um, she said one night she and her mom, Bonnie, were out um, in their front yard. This was after Bonnie had gone through some really emotional stuff, like dealing with her divorce and everything. Mm-hmm. And they looked up and they supposedly, according to her daughter, saw a flying saucer. Oh. And that really stuck with Bonnie. She thought, like, you know, maybe God isn't, you know, some faceless being. Maybe God is actually, like, an alien or something. (gasps) (laughs) That's, like, every ancient alien episode me and my grandpa's ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That was was sort of what she started thinking when she, like, saw that. Yeah. So, which is, it's a really interesting thought for sure and that's like i mean it's not an exclusive thought Mm -hmm. i mean it's obviously like you said it's a popular theory yeah it sure is especially during the 70s yeah like crazy and uh, we'll talk about that later a bit down the road um so from this point i'm going to be we we know the main two the two characters of the story the the ones that started it all yeah um from this point on I am going to be referring to them as Doe and T. So Doe is going to be Marshall and T is going to be Bonnie. Okay. And that's because that were that was the names that they preferred to use when they like started the cult. They actually like jumped around with names a bit. So like they called themselves Bo and Peep and like uh the two, which we'll talk about. But towards the end of the cult's like popularity and stuff they were referred to as Doe and T, so that's what I'm going to refer to them as. Um, and what's really interesting is they got that from the song um, Do Re Mi from Sound oh, yeah. of Music. You know, Do a deer, a female deer. Yeah. Ray. That song. Because um, Bonnie's daughter was really a huge fan of the movie. That's cute. So they were like, Doe and oh, T, yeah. beginning of the music. Uh, family and end of the music family alpha and omega which is something in christianity that god is referred to he's referred to as the beginning of the end alpha and omega which i thought was really interesting because like doe is first and t is last yes there's a lot of psychology i'll explain as we go no that's cool there's a lot of interesting um (coughs) comparisons between christianity and heaven's gate um but so doe and t met in 1972 um Doe cites, again, Marshall, um, cites that they met at a hospital and they, quote, their eyes locked in a shared recognition of esoteric secrets. So for him, it was like this really big moment where it was like, oh, my God, like, whoa, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you have those moments. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Good. Okay. Um, but according to T's daughter, they actually met um, in a theater that Doe was teaching at at a time. So it wasn't as dramatic as... That's still pretty cool, though. Yeah. I mean, theater's it's really... better than, like, I met her at a bar. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, gosh. that I don't think... I doubt there's ever any cult where the leaders were like, hey, like, we met at a bar at the square. <laughs> we just <laughs> clicked after that. You want to start cult? <laughs> Went to Roosters. <laughs> good time um no so okay so they met and t felt really compelled by saint francis probably to make a chart for doe okay 
And what was really interesting is that their charts were linked. Wow. So it said that they were destined to do great things together. So, you know, when you hear that, you're like, mm, got to leave my family behind and travel the United States, which is exactly what they did. Well, that's that's nice. I like traveling the United States. Mm, Yeah. Not leaving my family behind. No, I don't think that'd be a good idea. daughter didn't even come with them? Like the eldest? She... Uh, she got home from work one day and her mother had left with a note saying, I've got to do work. Like, <laughs> her <laughs> I, whole family done left her. Yeah, for real. Poor girl. Yeah. I mean, she's fine. She's fine. I, I, I assume so. so. I assume so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they left to travel across the U.S. to find their purpose is what they called it, you know. Okay. Which I can understand. Well, I that, yeah. Soul searching and all that. We yeah. go to the mountains. Yeah, go to the mountains. Well, they went high. to California, Oregon, Colorado. Uh, Texas again Just a lot of different Arizona I think A lot of different places That's cool Beautiful uh, places Oh yeah for sure A lot of good soul searching Happens in those places I think mm-hmm. I wouldn't know I haven't been to those places mm, I have <laughs> I've been to Texas And that's about it um, Okay so They left and did their thing uh, It took for them about It took them three years To like Really nail down What their purpose was And that came in the form of a chapter from the book of Revelations. Now, Revelations is the last chapter in the Bible. Okay. It is filled with a lot of uh, mystic, just imagery and things like that. So, like, when you think about Revelations, you're going to think about the end times a lot. Because there's a lot of um, stories about what it's going to be like when God comes back and like what the world will be, what state the world will be in and the signs that point to God's coming back. Does that make sense? So like revelations, people think like, well, the world's going to be in a bad spot. Mm -hmm. But here comes God. Yeah, pretty much. So like it's like the signs that are saying like, hey, guess who? (laughs) He's back. (laughs) Jesus part two, the reckoning. The reckoning. I can't talk today. Um, But so, yeah, they they basically Marshall's uh, seminary theology um, side of him came into play. And basically in I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it's a lot to take in. But basically what Revelations 11 is talking about are the two witnesses. Mm -hmm. And basically what the two witnesses are doing is that they're going to show up like out of nowhere and like really simple clothings, they're just gonna like sort of just exist, and they're just gonna show up, and they're gonna say like, "Hey, Jesus is coming back pretty soon. Y'all gotta get it together." <laughs> and so they're gonna have like a group of followers, and they're gonna like all their followers are gonna go have salvation and things like that. But eventually, the two witnesses are gonna be killed. And then, after three days, they're going to resurrect again and wreak havoc on the world. Wow, that's very pleasant. I'm glad that that's in our future. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, So they thought that they were the two witnesses, which is why they referred to themselves as the two for a long time. Okay. Um, Is this pre or post resurrection? uh, Jesus's resurrection? No, theirs. Oh, um... This is pre-resurrection. Okay, gotcha. This would be pre-resurrection. Um, so they were like, okay, we read this Bible verse. 
That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> we did it. So we did it, everyone. <laughs> so they thought they were the two. So that's when they decided to start Heaven's Gate. Okay, cool. Um, which was not originally called Heaven's Gate. It's only actually called that recently because that's what they have on their website. That's oh. the title of their website. So people were like, so they're like that's the name of the their technology. cult. Oh, yeah. And we'll get that's to that. Great. Don't worry. Okay. Um, so basically, originally their name was, this is a long name. Um, human individual metamorphosism. Ooh. Um, him for short. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't like that. Don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that was that, and their whole, their whole, and this is where I really think you'll find it really interesting. Like, because there's a lot of psychology behind this. Yeah. I think their whole um. What they believed was like that your body was just a vessel. Like okay. it was a car. The, that's the metaphor they give. It's the car. Okay. And your soul is um, the thing that's driving it. Mm-hmm. So like your body is just like this meat sack that you have for a little bit, but your soul is the important part, basically. Yeah. Um, and the goal in everyone's life is to reach uh the evolutionary level above human which is tela for short tela tela how do i know when i've reached that <laughs> we'll get into that okay. <laughs> i promise i'm excited um so yes their their goal your goal in life willow uh-huh is to reach tela it's always been it always has been yeah yeah mm-hmm. so you knew you knew that already instant connection when you said tela i was like that's me <laughs> That's where I'm going. <laughs> there you go. So their whole thing, it was like, it's a really interesting combination of Christianity and like science fiction and um, evolution, pretty much. Right. So their their whole thing is that God is an alien. Okay. God is this big, not even just one alien. He's like a collective of aliens, pretty much, um, who sends down angels, right. quote unquote, which are <laughs> like... Uh, the beings that T and Doe, T and Doe referred to themselves as angels. So like okay. beings that were to cultivate um, souls and to send them to the next level, which is their version of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in order to reach the next level, you have to reach Tela first, pretty much. Okay, I figured. Yeah, it's like. It's an interesting thought process of, like, there's a bunch of different steps. So, like, but, like, whenever, like, they reach to law, it's not, like, the same as being an angel. No. Okay, no. sure, I guess sure. So, like, their whole thing is, like, once you reach the next level, that means you are in perfect harmony with the universe, and you can, like, literally leave this world like body and everything you'll just disappear one day once you reach tila and that means that you've gotten to the next level and your family's like oh my goodness they're in the next level they're in heaven and that's that's that and just imagine my my grandma bragging on me just like yeah will i reach tila last week (laughs) so proud of her so proud of her um so yeah that was their main philosophy of like you know Mm -hmm. how like what they believe in and sort of the the their theories behind that and like again like i said they have like a lot of citations i think they used a lot of science fiction books for like their ideas obviously because aliens and things like that um 
But they also used T's star charts and they used uh, the Bible as another reference, obviously, and all sorts of things like that. Um, So in 1975 in Oregon, they started recruitment in Oregon and California. Sorry. They started recruitment for their very first class of him. That's cool. It's a good time. It's a good place to start. So they, they started recruitment in 1975. And everyone who attended those meetings, they, like, put up flyers everywhere. The flyers are really interesting. Like, they um, have a lot of text on them. Uh, like, nowadays, I don't think you would yeah, really would want to go. That. Yeah. But, like, it's it's interesting. Like, they sort of ask the questions, like, are UFOs real? And that was their big thing. Like, mm-hmm. are UFOs real? And that's how they got people to join them. Um. Or go to the meetings, at least. So so those that attended the meetings were interviewed later on, and they said that T and Doe, now um, known then as Bo and Pete, mm-hmm. uh, were very informative and very convincing. They, le- they like basically made it sound like that this was the only way you could ever be anything in your life, was to try and reach Tela and the only way to reach Tela was by following them because they were the they were the two they were the ones sent from the next level to help um help humanity reach Tela which I think is and we're gonna take a little break here because like this is where um I think it's gonna get really interesting we're gonna talk about the the psychology behind cults Mm -hmm. and like how they work, especially in the 70s when there were cults popping up literally everywhere, 70s and 60s. Yeah. You know, you could just go outside and be like, hey, I want to join a cult, you guys. And they're like, oh, me too. And then you just create your own thing. And that's pretty much how. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. Um, so I watched a lot of, I read a lot of articles and watched a lot of videos about this. And they said that the main thing that people, that cult leaders do in order to attract followers is they target specific groups of people. Right. So, like, specifically young people who might be in college or, you know, just seem to be struggling with life, looking for meaning, like, they're going to they're gonna be the ones that they target the most, mm. pretty much. That's smart. Mm-hmm. I, it's really, like, interesting, um, the psychology behind cults, because, like, even if they're subconsciously doing it, cult leaders, like, are practically doing all the same thing, like, Manson did it, you know, uh, Doe and T did it, uh, just like, it's, it's really interesting. They pretty much act the same way whenever they're trying to, um, get kids into their little, uh, <laughs> like groups. Into. Yeah. Once the cult leader, uh, has you listening, mm-hmm. they like, the next step more often than not is to completely make you dependent on them. In every single way. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, they'll make you leave behind everything. They'll, you know, sometimes they'll make you recruit family members so everyone in your family is involved in the cult. I think that happened with Children of God, which is another cult I would like to yeah, discuss. I know. I've, yeah, I've heard about Children of God. Yeah. I think that's that was a tactic that that later used mm-hmm. a lot. Um. But, like, it's it's a really interesting step-by-step process. Like, you've got their attention. You basically sell them this idea that everything that you have lived with is wrong. And this is the best way you can do this thing. That you, you just 
you could do the thing basically right. you know yeah <laughs> um and then they're like okay now that i've got you here let's go away for a little bit let's let's just you know just go off down the road a little bit and we'll we'll, we'll talk and then we'll uh you know we might and you know have some drinks and we might you know <laughs> talk about some things and then yeah. you'll abandon your family yeah, that sounds good actually sign me up oh yeah for sure come hang out with the cool kids uh so basically that is exactly what doe and t did all the not all a majority of the member or the people that went to the meeting 20 people just disappeared after the oh. meeting just like gone with t and doe and it was literally a, a huge thing at the time like, there were people reporting on the 20 missing people in Oregon, and they were like, oh, what's going on? Like, we don't get it. So basically, just boom, gone. Like, after the meeting, they picked up their things a few days later, left everything behind, and just followed T and Doe. And it was, that was when Heaven's Gate started to be noticed. Right. Starting to get some attention. I mean, it, wasn't, it went from 2 to 22, so. Yeah, and that's, uh... <coughs> You know, it was on national news, and everyone was sort of, like, watching them now. They were like, huh, that's that's interesting. How about that? What? So, their next stop was Colorado. And they went because someone had told them that a spacecraft was coming down, and they wanted to go greet the spacecraft in okay. Colorado. Um so what was going to happen was the spacecraft was supposed to, according to Doe and T, they, the spacecraft was supposed to uh, take them to the next level, like automatically. Really? It was like the one time in a li- once in a lifetime, you don't have to reach Tala. We'll, we'll literally pick you up. We'll take you to the next level. You're good. Wow. To go. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Alien God. Yeah. For that sweet ride. Thank you. Mm hmm like a sweepstakes getaway (laughs) it really is they just you listen to what we say boom here we go friends um but that did not happen obviously Uh, yeah that's unfortunate yeah it's very sad um so that's when the cult was like you know maybe maybe we're not ready for the next level yet we're still holding on to a lot of things (laughs) so like these people weren't like oh they're lying about this let's get out they're like no god said we're not ready (laughs) yeah pretty much pretty much i think I think maybe a few people were like, yeah, this isn't good. But a majority of them were like, well, yep. we'll try again later, folks. We'll, <laughs> we'll attempt to get, uh, it again. So they started to cross the nation, like, all mm-hmm. over the place. And they would do it in twos. So, like, um, if you came into the cult with your spouse, right? you're not married anymore. There's oh, no relationships okay. within the cult. Like, no sex, no, like, friendships yet but okay. like any other anything beyond friendships is like that's the worst thing you can do okay so even if you were married when you came into the cult you would most likely be split up in order to move across the country because what they did was they put them in pairs and they sent them to cross the country to gain more cult members mm-hmm. um and the reason they went were in pairs was because um, they had like this system where your partner would constantly check up on you to make sure you weren't 
sinning or whatever their definition yeah. of sinning was. So like, say that we're members of Heaven's Cult, uh, uh-huh. Heaven's Gate, Heaven's Cult. <laughs> um, say that we're members of Heaven's Gate. We're crossing the nation. We're like in Wyoming or something, and I do something bad. Mm-hmm. You have to call me out on it immediately, and you have to shame me for it. What happens if we have if we both do something bad at the same time? Well, then we both shame each other for it, I guess. <laughs> But like it legit like it it was the method in order to make sure that the members were afraid to do anything that was considered bad. Like it was a control tactic to have like um, someone that you're supposed to be partners with and really respect just to say like, hey, you did that thing. That was terrible. Doe would never, ever want you like oh you should God. literally leave the cult. No, no. <laughs> I need to get to the law. Yeah. It's just like that that was the kind of stuff that they dealt with. Right. So like it's a it was a really honestly it's going to sound terrible, but it was a very innovative way of even if the cult leaders were not with them. Right. They were still, they were still with there, them. Yeah. yeah. So that was a thing that um crossing the nation to gather more members. Um so some other by the time they had like enough members the medium medium the media was on them constantly and that's when doe really started to experience paranoia um. and like doe the members um of heaven's gate or the ex-members of heaven's gate nowadays um would not agree with this statement but doe seemed to experience i mean obviously depression and anxiety but i think a lot of people say that he had the symptoms um that he had symptoms that showed schizophrenia too so like he was going through a lot mentally um during this time especially with the media constantly on them right looking at them looking at their every move judging them having people like you know watch them and like wonder like what are these crazy people doing you know so that's uh around like the late 70s early 80s is when they completely like shut down the cult not shut down Uh as in like stopped it but like they did not allow members in anymore they said we have enough you guys are the ones that's it. No more people. Do we know how many that was, or a ballpark? Ballpark. I've uh, a lot of different sources said it was up to like between fifty and seventy members. I believe at that point. Okay. That's- a lot of people. So oh. while they were doing this, they were still crossing like the nation. And what was interesting was they started this process, this new doctrine to Heaven's Gate, called the classroom. And the classroom was where they learned what they needed to do in order to reach to law. Right. So they they spent hours every day listening to Doe and T mm-hmm. and their teachings and sort of just learning what it means to be a member, a citizen of the next level. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what was interesting is like in order to pass off this front of that they were normal, they rented out different houses where they were and like 
a majority of them would stay in the house all day, 24-7, and then two of them would go out and buy groceries. So they made it look like there were just two people living in the rented house (laughs) when there were upwards of, like, 60 people in the house at once, which, I mean, it worked. I'm, uh, yeah. And no one suspected them really, but I mean, good good job, guys. Good congrats. Good job. It's a fire hazard. It really is a fire. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was a different time though. I'm sure they weren't yeah. too concerned. Um so the lessons that they learned in the classroom. The only way to reach Tala is to relinquish all earthly possessions and family and to cleanse your body and spirit. Okay. So Again, imagine that we're members of uh, Heaven's Gate. I already have been. Oh, you have? Okay, good. Uh, so we're sitting in the classroom, and Doe's like, hey, you know, like that, uh, I don't know, necklace that your mom gave you when you turned 16 or whatever, yeet it out the window. <laughs> he did not, not the exact terminology, but like, <laughs> no. throw it away. Yeah, absolutely. You can't have it anymore. Take it away. And you're just like, all right, he said, we got to do it. So that was basically like their methodology. Like every single thing that connects you to who you were back in the day, back before you joined us, get rid of it. That is earthly. That is gross. That is Mm -hmm. like pretty much satanic is what they referred to it as. I bet you like their neighbors probably found like all this like stuff, Mm -hmm. like jewelry and stuff and like... Mm -hmm. Wow, whose is this? Guess I gotta sell it. They probably like really enjoyed living next <laughs> oh, to these probably. people. Um, they're throwing out everything, especially towards the beginning. Um, so the next step, once you've gotten rid of every single thing that you own, uh-huh. um, is to cleanse your body. That's cool, yeah. Physically. So they would drink. Um, it was called the, they called it the cleanse. the cleanse. So the ingredients for the cleanse were uh, were lemonade. Mm. cayenne pepper spicy maple syrup and like not good maple syrup like really bad maple syrup I don't know what it meant by really bad maple syrup but the article was very specific that it was really bad maple syrup Mm. Um, so you have to drink that for three months at a time or no three months like just for three months you can't drink anything else you can have water can I like eat yeah Okay. You can eat, but you can't, like, water and then this. That's all you can drink. Well, that's not terrible. If it were, like, you can't eat or drink anything that's except true. for this. Lemonade, oh, cayenne mm. pepper, and maple syrup doesn't sound too great, though. I mean, like, maybe the lemonade and cayenne covers up the really bad <laughs> maple syrup. The really bad maple syrup. Um, so that's step two. Mm-hmm. You you have the cleanse for cleansed. three months. Yeah. We're cleansed. Here's We're good to cleanser. go. There's your cleanser. Um, so next step. Literally everything in their life had to be the same because in the next level there is no gender. There is no oh. sexuality. There's nothing that defines you or makes you different from oh. anyone else. Okay. Um, I actually have a picture here. I guess that's how it is now. From their website of what a next level member looks like. Can you describe that for our lovely listeners <laughs> it is uh, a creature uh-huh. with a large head it's gray mm-hmm. black eyes it's smiling a little it's bit so it's happy it's, happy. Yeah, it's got mm-hmm. silver clothes and it looks like a stereotypical alien it, it like that's the most alien alien yeah i've seen 
Um, so yeah, that's that's what the member of the next level looks like. That's what they look like. Well, I'm glad they aren't, aren't attracted to each other because these are not attractive <laughs> beings. <laughs> not at all. Um, I'm second guessing my Tala. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would honestly. I don't think I would be too happy if I woke up one day and I looked like uh, that. Yeah. I would miss my hair. Um. Okay. So everything has to be the same. Okay. Because everyone's going to look like that. Super. Uh, so, everyone is going to wear the same clothes. Everyone is going to have the same haircut. Okay. Even Including the women, too. Oh, well, yeah. So, like, when you look at the group, you're it's just going to be a bunch of androgynous people. Okay. Um, everyone is going to eat the same meals. Oh. You can't, like, even if you don't like, you know, even if the maple syrup, That's you don't like maple it, syrup. you still got to <laughs> eat it because everyone else is eating it. Um, and these are the two biggest rules they have. No sex at all. Ever, ever. If you're caught doing it with the group, you are out of the group. You will never reach the next level. This is, like, exact opposite of what, like, whenever you were first talking about that, like, everybody breaks up their marriages and stuff. Like, my thought went exact opposite because there were several cults that were like, yeah, sex and the cults. male leader has sex with anybody. Yeah. And now it's just like nobody. Well, I think, and a lot of people who've studied heaven's gate agree with this i think it's stemming from doe's repressed like sexuality oh because he's like if i can't you know sex is terrible because i'm you know gay so that makes it terrible so we have to make sure no one has sex ever what a sad life you know for real he honestly did have a really sad life but but then he went and made this cult so it's kind of like yeah oh just wait um and then the number one rule they had, out of everything, pretty much, was absolutely no suicide. If you get sad, deal with it. You cannot commit suicide. Like, that is the worst thing you can do. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, and a lot of people, I bet, who are listening, who have heard of Heaven's Gate, um, were probably not expecting that. But, so basically, if you leave... If you commit suicide, if your body is damaged while you're dying, even if it's like, you know, you take some pills or something. Yeah. Um, that means that you won't be able to reach the next level because your vessel is dead and you need your vessel in order to reach the next level. Well, I'm just saying, like, if they commit suicide, I'm pretty sure that wasn't forefront in their mind. Oh, no, absolutely. You're right. But like in their their eyes in their eyes in their mentality Mm -hmm. they think that committing suicide is forfeiting your right to go into paradise what if they're murdered instead i don't know i think they were just so close-knit a group that they didn't really worry about that okay i guess i mean that didn't come up in any of their rules but that was like the number one rule for them was absolutely no suicide and on their website they have like a huge link that says um link to our take like our opinion on suicide and that pretty much is what they said like if you commit suicide your vessel is damaged you will not be able to reach the next level Mm. so that is what not that necessarily the no suicide thing but the fact that you could leave this earth with your body intact you won't have to die in order to get to the next level Oh, okay that's what a lot of people were interested in and that's why they joined the cult So it's like they're thinking they're going to live forever. Exactly, yeah. As an ugly, yeah, gray 
alien. Yes, exactly. So mm. that their whole idea, this whole idea of like, you don't have to die in order to go to heaven. You don't have to suffer pain in order to like get to where you want to be was why people were like, <gasps> oh, my, oh god. my god. Whoa. Oh my like, god. This is so great. Um, so, yes, that is like the main rule is do not commit suicide. Okay. Under no circumstance. Check. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. We're still rolling. Um, so, we already said like Tala, we described uh, <laughs> the next level of. Uh, <laughs> image that everyone would have Mm -hmm. um so like there's no gender in the next level there's no sexual organs no hair just nothing yeah that's it um so let's see where i am so they started the class and that's where they started to meditate and teach about all of this okay and they would spend hours going over all of these in their rented house yeah in their rented house everybody pile on the living room yeah for real there's videos that they posted online yeah of them in the class like like so many people just sitting there listening to t and do they have do they have this class at Ole miss (laughs) we might have to ask for this class i don't know (laughs) if they do it'd be an interesting class to take for sure. I gotta get to Talab. Yeah, I gotta get to Talab. Um, so everything, I talked about how everything had to be the same. Uh-huh. Um, they took it to an extreme. Oh, no. Everything had to be regulated. I don't like this. Like, including the size of the pancakes. Oh. If you made a pancake bigger than what we want you to make, then you're in trouble. Okay. And you have to be shamed. Uh, okay. So, like. That's not what I thought, but okay. No, no, no. It's like, it, like, legit, like. And this is just something like common with cults again. Like this is just they they regulate every single thing that you do in life. You cannot make a decision unless your cult leader says, "Okay, yes, that's fine." And that's just another psychological tactic of cults in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that was my next point. All the oh. members were dependent on T and O because they were the messengers. They were the ones getting every, like, all the information directly from the next level. Whatever came out of their mouth was from alien god himself, pretty much, basically. I wonder, like, what they spoke about whenever it was just them two alone, like, tea and dough. Well, they were, they were so convinced of it. They thought, they 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 believed believed it too. They believed it, So they weren't like, I'm running a scam. No, no, no. They, they 100% believed in it. They were like... This, we are the two. Oh, shoot. We are humanity's only hope. Oh, no. Yeah. So. Oh, it, boy. It's, it's uh. So, the, like, they, they also had, like, the hair cut. And... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. They all looked the same. Everybody, including um, T and Doe. So, uh, they believed T and Doe as, as the years progressed and they started looking more at humanity and they were like, God, <laughs> there's no hope. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) they started to believe that the earth was heading for what they called the recycling session that's nice you know be green guys oh yeah for sure Um, well by recycling they mean that the world is going to be destroyed by fire and just just bad things would happen just the worst things would happen because they they what they called the harvest what they called cultivating souls basically making members join their cult 
that was cultivating souls is what they uh, have they opened to. that back up no they still they're okay, still closed gotcha. so they said the Thanks harvest is done so the earth is now going to go into its recycling stage that's neat mm-hmm. so the the people that are in the next level right now are gonna come pick us up at some point all right and they're just going to destroy everything there will be no more earth that was what they were talking about pretty much I hope I'm at the law by then. <laughs> hey, can I maybe? Can I? Can I help? Can I go to to law? Um, come pick me up. So, uh, this was around the time when Doe became convinced that he was a reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Oh, here we go. <laughs> he is Jesus Christ superstar. So, uh, oh, that's a good musical. So, um. <laughs> Basically, his his logic behind this was that Jesus was just a regular man originally. Right. He was just a chill dude. Yeah. Um. But then a member of the next level came down and possessed his body. That's it. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that as. Yeah. Apparently, you can. All right. Cool. Um. So, that was how he became, what we know as Jesus Christ. Okay. So the next level spirit. But he had hair. Yes, who's the spirit um, possessing okay. the vessel? Okay. So, what we know is Jesus Christ was actually an alien spirit from the next level, basically. Oh, yeah, interesting stuff. And Doe said that the same spirit that possessed Jesus possessed him. So he has all the memories and knowledge of Jesus Christ within him, is what he claimed. Mm-hmm. 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 it's interesting it's interesting do you think that might he might have believed that because of his um possible schizophrenia oh i think absolutely okay. yeah um i think he he was just so overwhelmed by this whole idea of like spirits coming down and taking over bodies and like having to lead all these people i just i and mixed in with his background in theology i think oh, yeah. it just sort of just sort of came to be like he just became convinced of it practically i am jesus yeah i mean and even now like ex-members in the documentaries i saw will refer to him as jesus like even if they're out of the cult oh they still say doe was jesus christ he absolutely was he was the second coming so like so t was just like yeah yeah my partner's here jesus christ and i'm nothing t sort of Around this time, this was like in 1985, T started to sort of doubt everything. Really? Yeah. She Mm. was starting to be like, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And she started to wonder if any of the things that they had been teaching were real. But Doe was just so aggressive. He was honestly like he was the aggressive one in the relate. They didn't have a relationship, but in their friendship, their partnership, their partnership. He was the one that was always coming up with the ideas. And he was the one who had a direct, like more direct connection because like T would interpret, but Doe was the one who was getting all the information pretty much. So Doe, honestly, if you were to point out between the two, which one was the cult leader, Doe Doe. would be the cult leader. He was the one that was mostly in charge of all the decisions they made. I wonder if, like, his family back at home sees him on, like, the movie, oh, not movie, the TV, and they're just, like, like, their child goes to school, and they're like, wasn't that your dad on the TV oh, leading God. that cult? And, and, and like, imagine having to explain that. Like, I don't know who that is. That's actually his twin brother. My dad his died in a car brother. crash. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, 
I couldn't imagine having to deal with that. I'm sure they were just watching this happen and just being like horrified or like no. freaked out at the very least. They would probably be a bit spooked, honestly. Um, so, so in like I said, in 1985, I'll refer to her as Bonnie now. Bonnie started to feel a little bit of doubt. She was okay. like, uh, she she had kept in contact, you know, against, well, actually, I'll back up. So at some point, the family members of all the people that had joined the cult were starting to get a little bit concerned. Um, really? Yeah. They Just just now? Just a little bit. They knew that their uh, da- sons, daughters, moms, dads, aunts, uncles, grandparents had joined a cult, but they had not heard from them for several years at this point. Not Do a single thing. cult or I, I mean, I mean, I mean, okay, the 70s, they should know. Um, yeah, my daughter's in a cult. It's just a face. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there was no connection. So they started, they somehow they got in contact with Doe and T and they were like, hey, hi, <laughs> can, we, can we maybe see our children? Can we talk to them? And at first Doe and T were like, no, <laughs> no, no, you're silly. They have to ascend. They have to, they have to ascend. <laughs> Um, but eventually they were like, okay, yeah, you can have one visit. Um, you can have letters. That's cool. You can have one phone call every now and again. They're in jail, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, imagine, like, going to visit your kid, and then, like, they all look the same. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, where's my kid? There's one that was like, um, one of the members went to go see his family on his birthday. Oh. And, like, oh. it was, they tried to have... A normal birthday party but he kept bringing up the next level and how he couldn't have cake because like none of the other members were eating cake okay so he couldn't have it so like it was it's it's really interesting to read the stories of these parents and like family members of the cult members talk about what it was like for them to visit or get letters from their uh their family and be like they're completely different you know right um there's one where this was in the 90s when it happened but one damn these people are old oh yeah um their main uh the main time when they were active were like the 70s to the 90s um so in the 90s a family like a mom and a dad and a grandmother got a call from what like their daughter in the cult and she was like all she would talk about was the next level and how excited she was to get there and like even when her grandmother who was very old at the time, obviously, was like, hey, like, when are you coming to visit? I miss our conversations. I miss seeing you. She was like, oh, I'm not going to have time. Like, I just can't. I can't come see you. Otherwise, I won't be able to get to the next level. Mm. So, like, it runs deep. It really does. Right. Um, But around 85, when Bonnie started to sort of doubt, was when they could contact family members. Okay. Um. So she and her daughter got back into contact and they started writing letters and things like that. And in one letter, she talked about how um, she was experiencing doubts. She said, I don't know if this is the right thing. I don't know if I should have done this. I don't think I don't think this is what God meant for me to do. And like, unfortunately, um, that same year she died of cancer. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. She's not going to be into law, huh? No. So mm-hmm. imagine that we're, we, again, we're members of Heaven's Gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, our leader, one of our leaders has died. Oh, no. 
Doe for years has been preaching. It's like you can reach, you will not die. You will be picked up. You, you will never die. Your body will be fine. However, one of the leaders has died. What do you do? I mean, I'm going to start questioning it like, mm-hmm. he did. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people started questioning. Well, of course. And a lot of people so. left. So Good. now we're down to like maybe a dozen people. Oh, wow. Yeah. So obviously Marshall or Doe uh, took a huge hit emotionally with Bonnie's death. This had been his partner for years, his best friend, his soulmate, he referred to her as. Um, and so he, he sort of, this was when his spiral began. So, oh, it hasn't begun already? Uh, it, well, it kind of has. This is when the spiral <laughs> descends even more. Um, so, let's see. The philosophy changed. Doe's philosophy changed. Um, he said that T was still speaking to him. She was alive. She got to heaven's ga- she got to the next level. Was Sir Francis with her too? Maybe. I don't know. He didn't talk I about Sir so. Francis. I'm worried about him. We hope Sir Francis is there with you, T. Um, but he said that T was now instead of just alien god talking to him, it was T. T was speaking to him from the next level. Oh. Yeah. So, um he said that T told him that the members might have to leave the physical body behind. Oh, no. So they might have to do something drastic in order for that to happen. Um, and they decided, because there were so few, they were going to start recruiting again. Hooray. But this time, it's the 90s. Ooh. And it's the age of the internet. Ooh. So we are going to go to their website right now. Uh, they actually made money developing websites for different people, including their wow. own, which is still active to this day. And it has not changed since the oh 90s. Oh, my God. <laughs> can, you, <laughs> can you describe what you're uh, seeing? I just, it's so, it's it's definitely like the colors, they're very you know aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. so like the background is like dark it's black with like stars looking at the top there's this thing called like this word red alert it's two words actually and it's like like keeps popping up there's a, a picture this is heaven's gate and gates like a key shares the a with the heaven that's mm-hmm. going horizontal mm-hmm. above what looks like the earth and like it looks like i could have made this in middle school yep so this has not changed since they originally made it. The only thing that has changed is they put the red alert symbol yeah. up there. And that that's the only thing that has changed. You can buy all sorts of fun little things. You can buy their book. Uh-huh. Um, do they you have can, t-shirts? Can they have a t-shirt? do not, unfortunately. Oh, okay. well. You can buy their VHS tapes. And when did they make these? When did they make this website? No, like these these things like who wrote a book? When did the- I'm sure Doe did. I haven't seen oh, the book. Okay, I didn't yeah, want to pay $45. Oh. Um, so, yes. This is Heaven's Gate's website. I and mean, it's like, the colors are pretty. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, there's the suicide thing. Mm-hmm. Our position against suicide. How a member of heaven, the kingdom of heaven might appear. And there then there's the is. picture. 
Um, but yeah, if you want to go see this um, website, it's linked in the details, um, along with all the sources and links and everything. But yes, this is the Heaven's Gate website. They This is how they made all their money. This is how they uh, supported their lifestyle of living in houses. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Um, so, let's see. So that they also, like I said, they sold books and tapes and they kept a log of videos on, now it's on Vimeo, mm-hmm. the superior uh, video sharing website. And they have a playlist, which is also going to be in the description, in the details, um, that you can watch that explain how to get to, how to achieve tele and mm-hmm. how to get to the next level, uh, the next level. So it is about 13 videos long. All of them are over an hour. So if you have a weekend to spare and you want to know how to get to the next level, just have at it. Just go for it. Well, personally, I like to think figure things out myself. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll just do that instead of watching hours mm-hmm. of what could be potentially a very boring yeah. set of videos. I watched um, one of them. I attempted. Yeah. And it was just kind of just dough rambling about things. Like, about how they started and things like that. And it just, like, he would refer to the um, other members sometimes. And the camera would pan to the other members of the cult. And they would just sort of be there. And you'd be like, oh, there you are. <laughs> there they are. Um, so that's how they that's how they got their word out. This is how they did their recruitment. Round two. Um, and they got, they got a lot of people. Really? This way, yeah. Because the internet was cool and like, <laughs> and cults are rad. still cool. And they were like, "Whoa, this internet dude is talking my kind of talk. I'm gonna go join him in Texas." That's where they were at this point, okay. Texas. Um, again. So, this is when they like let people in again. This is the early '90s. This is also when, like I said, a lot of people left. So, around 1995 is when they had about 39 people in the cult. Oh, wow. And that's when they said, okay, we've got enough. Thank that's you. It. That's it. No, well, 39, uh, 39, 41, that kind of approximate. Okay. So that's when they're like, okay, we're good. Thank you. And they closed ranks again. So no more. Right. Um. So this is when scientists discovered a comet called the Hale-Bopp comet. They were like, Wow. Here it comes. And they discovered that the last time the Hale-Bopp comet came around was 2,000 years ago. At the time of Jesus. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, Doe was like, this is it. This is it, yeah. This is our ticket out of this world. There is no other option after this. When this comet passes by, we need to get on. Because he said, behind that comet, there's a spaceship, and we have to get on that spaceship. Absolutely have to. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he became convinced that that was the only way that they were going to be able to reach the next level. Oh, and the shoot. only way to do that oh, man. was to leave their bodies behind. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So their plan was to move to San Diego to rent a mansion and to quietly pass on into the next level. Right. Um, they must have made a lot of money. They did. They made a lot of money. 
Um, but they were only renting it for a few days because right. that's all they needed. Yeah. So imagine if you own that mansion, you come back to it like, hey guys, you own rent, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, a lot of people think that this was actually just Doe being tired and just wanting to get on, get on with it. Just, right. like, leave it all. Just commit. Well, we're dancing around it. He wanted to commit suicide. Yeah. Well. And he wanted, he wanted his members to come with him. Right. Um. So, in the years leading up to that, that's when they really started to go hyper into preparation. Doe, along with several other members, male members of the cult, went to Mexico to castrate themselves. Wow. So. What? Why did they have to go to Mexico to do that? I don't know. They just went Maybe to Mexico. Still, was it illegal then? It might have been. Um, but they went to Mexico to do it. And uh, they did it because they, they thought that having their bodies closer to what the people on the next level looked like would make the process a lot easier for them to deal with, like, mentally. So that's what they did. Okay. Um. So it was, it's just stuff like that where they just like went into hyper, like, this is it. This is the last thing. Like, we, after this, we will not be able to reach the next level ever again. Um, so in the days leading up to it, they bought all the same clothes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as per usual, they bought um, Nike shoes, which the brand of Nike that they wore is actually like, highly sought after now because of this incident that's could you imagine like you own nike Mm -hmm. and now you're being endorsed (laughs) by heaven's gate the gold yes (laughs) um so they they bought similar track suits black track suits but like why nike i don't no reason it's just like his last earthly possession he's like man i really like these shoes (laughs) it's gotta be it (laughs) absolutely um, so they were, they all bought the same tracksuit, all bought the same Nikes. They bought um, purple blankets to cover themselves. It's a good color. Um, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful color. Um, so for their quote unquote last meal, they went to a chain restaurant near their house and they all ordered the same thing. The server that served them in an interview said they were incredibly polite and nice. Well, that's so they good. were they were just ha- like he said that they nothing seemed wrong they just seemed really happy they all were really happy they were all wearing the same exact thing mm-hmm. same exact haircut mm-hmm. same exact shoes mm-hmm. or the same exact thing mm-hmm. they all you can remember is like wow they're so nice they're so nice um, but he said that they ordered iced teas dinner salads with tomato vinegar dressing turkey pot pie and cheesecake with blueberries on top Doe's favorite mm-hmm. probably who knows <laughs> um. So, that was a few days before this, the, they committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, Broke on, that number one rule. Yep. They, I mean, that's what's crazy to me is, like, Doe was so, like, paranoid and so afraid and, like, so just, like, he fell for his own story that he decided the only way to, like, get where I want to be is to break my greatest rule. And that's what's so interesting to me personally. Yeah. Like this was his last resort mm. in his mind. It just it confuses me. Mhm. 
How? Like, if he was so, like, he believed this clearly. Obviously, he's paranoid. He's, he's, they haven't, like, gone to Tala. Yeah. Even though he's expected it. But, like, he, he set up these rules and Mm -hmm. everybody follows what he says. And then he's like, well, I believe in this and all of these people believe in it. But I have to break my rule mm-hmm. in order to get to where I'm going. And mm-hmm. I can understand, like, he wants to get to where he's going to be to law. But if he was supposed to do it originally without these things, like mm-hmm. sex and uh, suicide, mm-hmm. then, like, why did he at last minute be like, well, this is it. Got to do suicide. Like, right. I think Winton, like, if I were him, uh-huh. I would have thought, like, if I did it this way, something would go wrong mm-hmm. because it's a major rule and this is what the gods have told me, right. whatever. So I would be more afraid not to do it. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. He could have probably like hired somebody to murder all of them. <laughs> so it wouldn't be suicide, you know? Yeah. I guess technically it still is, but still isn't. But only for him though, not for everyone else. I think what what makes this story so honestly tragic in my mind is that he convinced people who did not show any sign of like mental illness before the cult did not show any sign of like hating their life obviously they were smiling they were happy when they went to go have their last meal together Mm -hmm. he convinced them you have to die you have to i mean he essentially murdered 38 other people basically if you think about it right because like they they didn't have to die Mm mm-hmm it's only because he wanted to that they did. And they were so enamored by what he said. They believed him so much that they just, they followed him blindly. They didn't even think about it. Yeah, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so March 26, 1997, most of the members were found dead. They were all, like I said, wearing the same tracksuits, Nike shoes, same hairstyle. And they had a patch on their tracksuits that said, um heaven's gate away team so like oh yeah (laughs) star trek kind of oof um yeah i'm sure you could find that patch somewhere online Mm -hmm. a recreation of it what (laughs) sorry it's just like they could have said something else but they said away team yeah (laughs) it's i mean it was, it was a crazy time. It was a crazy, crazy time. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but so their faces and upper bodies were covered with the purple cloth that I um, told you about. Right. Along with that, there were bags placed over their heads. And there were, in every single one of their pockets, there were uh, $5.75. Not sure why. Okay. No one is really sure why. Yeah, but that, that was doesn't make sense to me. Um, so the person that actually called in the 911 call to be like, hey, hi guys, <laughs> hi sisters, um, was actually an ex-member and he was tasked to call, make the call, basically. That was his job. So even though he was a member, he was just like... Oh yeah, I mean, he was still connect. like he wasn't a member, but he was still connected with the group, like he still followed them and stuff like that. Wild. He might have not believed everything, but he did like... For the sake of having someone come discover their bodies. He said, yeah, I'll, I'll make the call. Okay. Um, so how they died was um, they ate applesauce laced mm. with barbiturates and washed it down with vodka. 
So basically what they called the routine, that was how they died. So one group of 15 would die. They would, uh, they were assisted by eight people. The next day, another 15 would die, again, assisted by eight people. And the last day, the other nine died. Apple White was not part of the last nine group. So he was one of the early groups. Oh. So he wanted to really get out of there. Yeah. And all of this was around the time when the Hale-Bopp comet was flying overhead with the spaceship behind, supposedly. Mm. Um, and this is like... Not, it wasn't only the cult members that died. It was um, two former members. They, When they heard the story, they were so struck with it, so hurt by it. They also committed suicide so they could join their friends. Man. So, like, even after they stopped, like, they, they fell out of belief. Mm-hmm. They still, like, deep down. Yeah. It's still there. Yeah. It, it, which is... It's really sad to think about. But, right. I mean... Now that we're a few years down the road of it, it's it's sad to think about, but it's also really, I think it's a good example of, like, the cult mentality. Yeah, it is. Which is why I kind of wanted to pick this as the first cult that I talk about on the show, because I think it, it sets up, like, what it is like to be in a cult, even if, like, you leave it. You're, it's always going to be with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I said... Early on, I said at the beginning that I did get an interview with a member of Heaven's Gate. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the person that is running the website. He was left behind. He, she, they, I'm not really sure. They refer to themselves as we. Um, they were left behind and their job is to keep the website running. And I think I read in an article that this person is now 61 years old. Oh. At least at the time when the article was written. So, um, I, I, you can still, um, contact Heaven's Gate with the email listed on the website. Right. Uh, so that's what I did and they responded very quickly. It was kind of spooky. Um, so I basically said, I've been looking through your website. I've been following your story. I'd love to ask you some questions. And they said, yes, we will answer. I said, okay, cool. So... These are the questions I asked. I asked, what is your name? Why did you joy have, join Heaven's Gate? What is the most important lesson you learned? Will you ever... <clears throat> excuse me. Will you ever be able to join the others? Who was dough to you? Who was tea to you? What is something you'd like people to know? What is your message? So these are what they responded with. Mm-hmm. So they said, their name is Tala. Oh. Not... Uh, I mean, it's spelled the same way as the acronym, but, you know, it's not in acronym form. They said that they originally joined the cult when they went to a meeting that T and Doe held in September 1975 at Waldport, Oregon. They listened to the truth and joined immediately. So that means they were part of the OG group. Right. They had been there since the beginning. Um, I asked, like I said, what is the most important lesson you learned? Uh, They said that the purpose in life is to grow towards the next level. And, of course, I asked, well, how do you grow to the next level in a follow-up email? And they sent me the link to the Vimeo playlist. So there you go. Um, I asked, will you be able to join the others? And they said, yes, we will, but not in this lifetime. So I was... I wanted to ask a follow-up question about that, but also at the same time, I didn't want to remind them again of, like, what had happened. Because right. that's just cruel, I think. 
Um, so I'm assuming like when they die, their spirit will probably move on to the next level just because they're so indoctrinated in the cult. At least right. I'm sure that's what they believe. I asked, what was Doe to you? Who was Doe to you? And they said, Doe is our father and teacher. We gain all our knowledge from him. So again, there's that. He's the only way we can speak to right. the next level. The, the way he said it also, like it's, mm-hmm. he is our father. Like it's in present tense. Yeah. Maybe he thinks that Doe, or maybe he, he. Still communicates with Communicates with Doe, with Doe. Maybe. yeah. Maybe. I think that that could definitely be a possibility that he thinks that Doe is still in connect, like communication with him. Right. Um. So then I asked, who was T to you? And he said they said t is our grandfather and doe looks to her i thought grandfather was really interesting right grand grandfather and looks to her so again there's that idea of like no gender you can be both genders or no gender at all pretty much um and then i asked what what is your message so everyone this is the message of what an actual member of heaven's gate this is what they want you to know okay so They want you to know that there is a real physical level above the human one here on this planet. We call it the next level. Humans call it Heaven's Gate. So that's what this member wants you to know. Heaven's Gate is a real thing above the earth. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So a big thank you to Tela for... Ask, er, answering my questions um, and sending me the Vimeo playlist. <laughs> that was um, thanks. Um, so, and I did, I did, I did read from another interview that someone had with Tela that they are no longer taking members. So oh, unfortunately, yeah? you can't be part of Heaven's oh, Gate. Man. I know that's so sad. Um, but the website is still up. You can still go look at it, obviously. You can buy books. You can buy VHS tapes. You can uh, go see their Vimeo page. I guess buy a shirt. You can't buy a shirt, unfortunately. I guess you could technically still be... I don't know if you could be a member of Heaven's Gate, but I think you could believe in what they say. I mean, you could believe in what they say, but I don't think you'd be a member because they didn't open to pe- new people being a member. Also, you won't get the same exact... Exactly. Like, conditioning they did. Oh, for sure. But um, I definitely recommend checking out their website. It's very interesting, for sure. Yeah, look um, And then, I mean, that's basically all the story. Uh, the family members of the people of Heaven's Gate still blame Marshall Applewhite to this day. Yeah. They say that he was the one that destroyed everything, pretty much. I mean... Are they wrong, though? No. No. Um, so, yes, that's, that's, that's Heaven's Gate. That's... That's the story. What'd you think? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a cult, you know? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. got all the cult bases down. It does. It's got pretty much, if you made like a bingo card of cult things, it would, yeah. everything would be covered, I feel bingo. like. Yeah, bingo. Except for the sex cult thing. Yeah. That would not, that'd be like the one. That's, that one's different. Um, But yeah, so that is basically... All we've got for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, If you want to keep up to date with everything that is, hey, have you heard about? You can follow us on Twitter. 
um i try to keep it as updated as possible and that's like the best way for you to keep in touch and if you have questions you can dm me or something um it's at h-h-y-h-a podcast that's h-h-y-h-a podcast so if you have any lingering questions about heaven's gate don't uh feel free to drop by and maybe i'll be able to help a little bit um thank you willow for coming on as a guest today yeah. uh, i thought did you was it a good time did you have a good yeah, time yeah i enjoyed it i okay. like learning about this kind of stuff for sure if you want to follow willow on twitter her twitter handle is going to be down below in the details yeah. or description whichever one you are on um yeah if you would like to support the podcast you can subscribe on itunes or youtube or spotify wherever you know it is and you could maybe leave a good review because those really do help i promise they do um it's a good way to give me feedback and like it boosts it for other people to see so uh i guess that's it so thank you guys so much for listening and i will see you in the next episode goodbye